0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode here on the 5571 podcast. My name is Danny and I'm the main host today. No special guests; it's just going to be me. We're going to go through the 5571 news segment and then we're going to start talking about our main street topic for the day. But let's go ahead and get into the news. So first off, I wanted to talk about Knott's Berry Farm's Boysenberry Festival, which begins March 10th and goes daily through April 16th. Knott's has shared all of the food that will be available in the festival on their website. So if you just Google it, you can find it. And they even have a downloadable PDF for those that like to plan. Super cool option. I wish Disney had done that as well, too. Um, They announced a Boysenberry Festival tasting card as well, which will set you back $55 for six tastings. So it's a little bit on the steep side, but the nice thing about the tastings at Knott's Berry Farm during their Boysenberry Festival is that they're generally pretty big, and they're usually shareable. So um, not only can you share one tasting card, but each usually each portion you can share because it's pretty large. In and of itself can be like a full-sized entree. So keep that in mind when you're planning your tastings. As well as Knott's Berry Farm allows you to use the tastings most of the time for alcohol drinks too so you'll have to check the card but typically that's the case so you can plan that as well too to really get your money's worth on that $55 but again starts the 10th goes through April 16th I won't be there on opening day but I'm definitely going to be going opening weekend I can't wait Knott's Berry Farm Voisenberry Festival is my favorite time of year at Knott's Berry Farm second to Scary Farm of course Um, And I really love it. And I can't wait to go back. They have amazing food and we're getting some favorites back um, in different ways. You know, we got the boysenberry meatballs, barbecue meatballs last time coming back in their pure form with some mashed potatoes. But this time they're coming back on pizza. So I definitely am going to be trying that for sure. But there's a bunch of other food. So definitely check that out. Head to Knott's Berry Farm for the Boysenberry Festival. You aren't going to want to miss it. And speaking of food festivals, Disney California Adventure is about to kick off the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival, which returns this Friday, March third, um, and goes all the way through April twenty fifth. So, similar time frame to the Boys and Mary Festival, but Disney California Adventure is holding its own with the food and wine festival. Um, this is also a huge fan favorite and a lot of fun, and there are some great options. Disney also just shared all of their food options on Disney parks blog um, that are with the full foodie guide for the event. Um, There are a lot of returning favorites and some really great new options. And again, just like festival of holidays and also during lunar new year festival, it's really looking like paradise garden grill over in the paradise garden area where the festival um, beer garden is at um, is going to be the hit location. Now this isn't a booth, Um, It is a quick serve restaurant that as now has now as of late has had a a rotating menu essentially every single festival. But Paradise Garden Grill has a plethora of different amazing looking items, including uh, a big pastor sandwich. They've got um, waffle fries with uh, like impossible meat on it. There's just so many there's bulgogi fried rice there. I mean, there was just so many options that looked amazing there. So don't count out or forget Paradise Garden Grill. I'm definitely going there first um, to try some of that stuff. Um, And one of my favorite returning items too, um, like an Impossible Jiro flatbread, that's going to be over in um, Hollywoodland. But for the most part, we're getting back all the booths we remember for Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Um, It didn't seem like there was any new booths from what I can tell in the announcement, um, and from what I saw in person as well, too, when I was seeing them set up the booths, it didn't look like there was any new ones. However, there was some really new locations for some of these, though. Um, we saw two booths in that round space behind Carte Circle. Um, they had a berry patch booth in there and Delish. So usually we only see one in there. But this time we had two. Uh, and then we also had two booths. Over back in Hollywoodland, typically L.A. style is back there, um, and they kind of pair it up with the uh, Hollywood Lounge bar area, which is also serving special drinks and food, typically with that food truck there. But now it's kind of like a whole food and wine corner because they've got two booths there plus the food truck plus Hollywood Lounge. So... Definitely don't count that area out. That's going to be a fun area to go to. I like how they're really spreading out the festivals this year, including like the Lunar New Year Festival. They really brought that down to like Hollywoodland as well, too, with not only the drinks and special food at the Hollywood Lounge there, but bringing the Lunar New Year processional all the way down to to Hollywoodland as well, too. So um, lots of great options. Check it out on Disney Parks blog if you want to see all the food that's coming out. That starts again this Friday, going through April 25th. Don't forget, there's also those beer seminars, wine seminars, mixology seminars. I have one of those planned too coming up, so I'll be doing that. I will be at California Food and Wine Festival on opening day, um, and I'm going to try to go to be- Boys and Berry Festival on opening weekend as well too, so to kind of talk all about that. Uh, this is a great time of year for uh, all the foodies that go to theme parks, so Definitely don't miss out. Of course, we're going to have a sip and saver pass as well, too, for um, the Food and Wine Festival. We always do. Um, The difference is is that it's probably, in my opinion, going to be eight. It's always usually eight tabs, eight tastings. So I'm looking forward to that. Like I just mentioned, the Boysenberry Festival one only had six tastings. So you get a little bit more available items but disney however does not let you use any of your tabs on alcoholic drinks so you're gonna have to pay for those if you want those but um looking forward to that and like i said we'll have some coverage on my youtube channel for that we'll probably talk about it in the podcast maybe have some special guests on to talk about it as well too i can't wait um, looking forward to it and i hope you guys all get to try everything you want to try too at food and wine festival because i mean the best part I feel like is the desserts usually at the food and wine festival, but they always have some really good like food options as well too. But I feel like the desserts are always the ones that stick out, stand out. So let me know what you guys think. Check check them out. DM me, message me. Let me know which ones were your favorite. And I definitely will share that as well too on the podcast. And over at Disneyland Resort, of course, they debuted finally the Magic Happens Parade. Now, Magic Happens was supposed to kick off on February 24th, which was a Friday, but California was being barraged by a massive winter storm um, that brought with it snow, hail, rain, really cold temperatures, and it completely rained out the opening day grand event for Magic Happens Parade. So, Both performances were canceled on Friday, as well as both performances canceled on Saturday due to the weather. However, it was able to go off without a hitch on Sunday, both performances at 3.30 and at 6.30 of the Magic Happens Parade. The parade came back in all its full glory, minus one float. There wasn't the Tiana float on that opening day. However, for those of us that saw some friends and things that were tagged on Instagram that went to the cast member preview, which was Thursday, the day before it was supposed to debut, um, the Tiana Float was in the cast member preview. I saw it on with my own eyes and people's stories. So it's definitely there still. So all the rumors surrounding it being taken out, removed or used for it, the electrical parade. I know there was this wild rumor out there that said that the electrical parade new float Uh, with the small world ending, like had used the Tiana shell. I have no idea if any of that was true, but I mean, it seemed ridiculous. And obviously we saw the Tiana float in the cast member preview. So it's still there. It's just, maybe Tiana wasn't available. Maybe there was issues with the float. We don't know. So, but we'll have to wait and see um, once the parade comes back, because as of um, the, the next days we're looking like more rain too. So, We'll have to see um, how many times it's actually gonna debut, but I feel bad for this poor parade. Man, it's been cursed. I feel the first time it came out, it was shut down with the pandemic. Now, you know, it's opening time is is uh be just barraged with a ton of bad weather. So um, but yes, Magic Happens Parade is back with daily performances, weather permitting. Um typically it's gonna be at 3:30 and 6:30 p.m. Typically, the first showing is going to start at It's a Small World and head to Main Street. And the second showing at 630 is going to start at Main Street and go back to It's a Small World. Now, this parade is definitely very different in two different uh, times of the day. But we're going to talk about that later because we're going to talk about uh, the, for our Main Street topic, the Magic Happens Parade. So we'll come back to that. But I just wanted to cover the opening date and everything uh, for the new segment now. If you follow my YouTube channel, you probably saw one of my last update videos where I talked about Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania coming to Disneyland Resort with a meet and greet character in Avengers Campus for Kang the Conqueror, um, meeting and greeting guests um, a daily, you know, as time permits and uh, no real set schedule, but you can probably expect to see him in avengers campus for a limited time no stop on when that date's gonna be Um, i also showed other new items in the park like the quantum ooze sipper and the quantum ooze drink that went along with the movie as well however just after the weekend disney quietly released another character in avengers campus from the movie which was cassie lang herself ant-man's daughter um, she played a huge role in the movie and is now in Avengers Campus meeting and greeting guests. So not only can you meet Kang the Conqueror and you know talk to Kang the Conqueror, but you can also speak to Cassie Lang. She came out Monday night um, after the rain and everything in Avengers Campus and was talking to guests there. I saw it on social media. So definitely um, head on over to Avengers Campus if you already met Kang the Conqueror and you want to meet Cassie Lang. Uh, It's so cool when Disney does these kind of meet and greet characters for Avengers shows and Avengers movies in the MCU um, that, you know, are current in Avengers Campus. They've been doing such a great job with it. I feel like they really hyped it up and started doing really, really well with this when um, Loki was out. And of course, we have another season of Loki coming this year. So we can probably expect a lot more cool things like this coming to Avengers Campus. So just wanted to mention that real quick because it kind of caught me off guard when I saw it on social media. So, Kang the Conqueror and Cassie Lang from the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, now greeting in Avengers Campus for a limited time. And uh, unfortunately, we don't know an end date to that. So, if you have a trip planned recently, hopefully you'll be able to see them. In the past, these limited characters typically are only a few weeks. So, uh, if you have a trip planned, maybe like a mid spring break. I don't know that necessarily they'll be there still. Another thing that's very relevant if you watch my YouTube channel is the Disneyland Hotel and the construction progress there over at the Disney Vacation Club Villas or the villas at the Disneyland Hotel. Disney finally announced an opening date for this brand new tower with all these new rooms and they gave us a brand new look at the rooms and the different studio villas one-bedroom, two-bedroom, grand villas, that would be available um, to book in this new tower. Um, Now, and they also gave, like I mentioned, an opening date, which is going to be September. So not necessarily open day, but open month at least, um, for this new tower, September 2023. And that Disney Vacation Club guests would be able to book the Disney Vacation Club villas for the opening week, starting on March 15th, I believe. So if you are a Disney Vacation Club member, And you want to be able to book a room at the new villas at the Disneyland Hotel, you can do so um, starting March 15th. And they actually mentioned um, that it would become available shortly thereafter to Magic Key holders and also just regular guests. Um, Now, the thing is, is this is completely a tower for only Disney Vacation Club villas. Um, And just like any Disney World Resort hotel that has Disney Vacation Club villas, so like Disney's Riviera Resort, Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort, Disney's Old Key West, those are exclusive resorts to just Disney Vacation Club. However, sometimes Disney Vacation Club members don't completely book up every single room in all the resorts. So when that happens, Disney's able to rent or book those rooms to non-Disney Vacation Club members for a monetary value. Um now the problem is is that Disney Vacation Club villas are usually bigger rooms. They typically include um like kitchens, kitchenettes, multiple bedrooms. So you can imagine the pricing is usually pretty high. Now Disney Vacation Club members don't have to pay money, they just use their vacation club points to book the rooms. But if you are booking it as a non-Disney Vacation Club guest, you're gonna be paying probably well over a thousand dollars for all these rooms, is my guess. Um, they're all really, really big rooms and the Disneyland hotels already encroaching the $800 price mark for just the regular standard rooms. So it's probably going to be well over a thousand for all these rooms. These are brand new rooms, much larger than regular guest rooms. Um, but it is exciting to have an opening weekend or opening month, excuse me, for this Um, Disney Vacation Club Tower. We've been talking about it a lot. I've been talking about it a lot. September 2023 is when we can expect it to open. Um, The only way that it will be available to book for other non-Disney Vacation Club guests is if Disney Vacation Club members don't book all the rooms. And Suffice it to say, Disneyland Resort does not have very many villas. I think the the Grand Californian Hotel only has about 71 villas to be able to book, and that makes booking Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, even as a Disney Vacation Club member, almost next to impossible. Now, for those that don't have Disney Vacation Club, um, I'll explain it just really, really quick, but essentially, you buy into a Disney Vacation Club property, and that's your home resort. And at your home resort, you can book your um, your resort eleven months in advance to plan your vacations. Now, if you want to book any of the other Disney Vacation Club resorts that you're not a member of or not an owner of, you can do so, but you can only do so seven months in advance. So, if you look at the Grand Californian, where it only has about seventy one ish villas, if they're all split off in certain ways. You can imagine if you aren't in the category that can book 11 months in advance for someone that maybe bought into the Grand Californian, there's going to be very few instances where you can book the Grand Californian Hotel as a non-Disney Vacation Club member or even a non-member of that particular resort. So if you're a member, say, or an owner of like the Bay Lake Tower in Walt Disney World Florida, but you want to book a reservation here at the Disneyland Resort... Um, at the Grand California Hotel, which is the only place that has villas at the moment, you would have to wait until seven months out and maybe there wouldn't be anything available. So you have to join a wait list. And even after you join the wait list, there may not be an opening for you to be able to book an actual room. So it can be harder to book rooms at in-demand resorts. So even though Disney has published a date when magic key holders can make reservations and a date when Regular guests can make reservations at the villas at the Disneyland Hotel. If you're not a Disney Vacation Club member, I wouldn't hold out a lot of hope in booking a room because there's already such limited amounts of Vacation Club units at the design Resort. I think this is only adding just over 300 villas. So it is adding a subs, you know, a substantial amount to Disneyland Resort, but they're already on the real low side compared to everything that's available at Walt Disney World. And Disneyland really wants to kind of entice more Vacation Club members to come and vacation at Disneyland. We're opening soon a Disney Vacation Club member lounge in Tomorrowland over at the Star Wars Launch Bay. This is a common thing at Walt Disney World. You have Vacation Club member lounges over there. This is something that those guests are used to so if disney's trying to entice vacation club members to vacation at disneyland resort they need to bring similar amenities including available villas for them to be able to book Um, a lot of vacation club members have to book what they call collections where you take your points to book regular rooms in all the different hotels because there's just never villas available so even though disney announced it i just want to kind of set expectations for everyone it's probably going to be next to impossible to book a room in this tower if you aren't a Disney Vacation Club member. But that's probably not forever, right? There's going to be a time at some point in the year, um, since you can book pretty far out at these towers, um, where there may be um, an instance where Vacation Club members aren't booking everything, and you can. So definitely try for sure. Uh, I think all the dates are listed on Disney Parks blog. Um, the 15th I know is a Disney vacation club date and they had two additional days, a few days later for the uh, magic key holders and regular guests. Definitely try, see what you can book and book whatever's available. Um You know, If you can get it, definitely take advantage of that because these are going to be high in demand. And lastly, for the 5571 news segment, I wanted to talk about a new change over at Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. We haven't talked about it on the podcast before, but it was a more recent change that just happened. So of course, when Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction debuted on January 27th alongside the Disney 100 celebration, the only way to experience the attraction was through a virtual queue, which you were able to join a lottery for at either 7 a.m. or 1 p.m. every day or you could buy an individual lightning lane for the attraction um, and then you were able to go into Toontown and experience the attraction. Well, Disney has already announced that they're removing the virtual queue so now you can just head straight to the attraction and wait in line like you would for any other attraction at Disneyland and you also still can purchase an individual lightning lane to experience the attraction as well. Now, individual Lightning Lanes, just a quick note, you do not have to purchase the Genie Plus service in order to use the individual Lightning Lane. I wanted to call this out because I get asked this question so many times, and I want to make sure everyone knows you do not have to buy Genie Plus service to buy then an individual Lightning Lane for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. You can purchase it completely independently of the service, so you can have both if you want to, or you can just have one or the other. It doesn't matter individual lightning lanes for an attraction like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is going to be variable and it's going to depend on the day. So it could be $12, $17, $20, $24. So it kind of just depends on what that day is is showing so you're going to want to open up the disneyland app head to your tip board scroll down to mickey minnie's runaway railway and then for the day that you're there you'll be able to see what the cost is now when you're buying an individual lightning lane for the attraction unfortunately you cannot select future times but you can purchase the time that's available in that moment so if you want to sit on it for a little bit maybe get a time later in the day You could definitely do that, but just be careful that you don't sit on it for too long and then they run out for the day too. Keep in mind, Mickey's Toontown still closes on nights they have fireworks for Wondrous Journeys. It's going to be closed from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. So if you're getting close to that 8 p.m. time frame with your lightning lane, it's going to switch again till after 10 p.m. So keep that in mind when you're selecting your lightning lane because there's going to be that gap if you are visiting on a day that there is fireworks. But the most important takeaway from this update is that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is just open and so is Toontown. So you can just head on in at least to the parts that are open and walk straight to the attraction, not having to purchase anything, join any lottery or anything and wait in the queue just as you would for any other attraction at Disneyland. Now keep in mind, Mickey's Toontown is still closed. Only parts of it are open around the attraction. Um, Mickey's Toontown is going to have its grand reopening to unveil the reimagining of the land on March 19th. It had a little bit of a delay due to the severe weather we've been having this winter season. Although we just had a bunch of severe weather again, which delayed the opening of the magic happens period, like we talked about. So I'm not sure if they're going to delay it even more at this point um, on the construction. I don't know what they've been able to accomplish, what they haven't been able to accomplish, but there's lo- There's large parts of Toontown that are currently areas where we can stand and, and walk around in, um, especially since they had to give us access to the bathrooms um, in Mickey's Toontown, since the attraction's right there. But all the buildings and the restaurant around the restroom in Mickey's Toontown are still not finished, and are definitely going to need to be finished for March 19th. So definitely expect in the next coming weeks for Mickey's Toontown available areas to kind of really change and take shape into different spaces you're allowed to walk and not allowed to walk as they continue to work on them, right? We know we're going to have another food service cafe. We already had one there, but there's currently no theme, no signage, no nothing. So they're going to have to work on that as well as some other unfinished parts of that exposed land that we can see like the Pluto's um market and things like that that i've talked about in my youtube updates too so lots of changes are still coming but it is nice for those that haven't had a chance to go into mickey's toontown yet and see what we already have seen in the parts that are available um, because they didn't get a lightning lane or they didn't get a virtual queue you can all now currently walk over to mickey's toontown and um, experience all that's available now whenever you'd like and you don't have to experience attraction if you don't want to so We are, like I mentioned, just a few weeks away from February, or excuse me, March 19th, which is the grand reopening of Mickey's Toontown. No word yet on if they're gonna be using Virtual Queue to enter the land at that point, or um, if it's just gonna be wide open like it is right now. So we'll have to wait and see. I could definitely see Disney using the Virtual Queue for Mickey's Toontown um, to kind of limit how many people are in the land, right? There's only one way in and one way out. Um, There's going to be people wanting to ride the attraction. But then there's going to be the Chippendale Gadget Coaster. There's going to be the Roger Rabbit Cartoon Spin. There's going to be Mickey's House, Minnie's House, Donald's House, Goofy's House. All these places that people are going to want to go. And um, not all that much space in Mickey's Toontown. So wouldn't be surprised if we saw Virtual Q come back for just access to the land. But we'll have to wait and see. Kind of like how Super Nintendo World is doing their access for their mini land. Because it's not that big either. So... Um, definitely something, you know, a reason as to why they could have removed it from Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, because it might be something they use just for land access in general, but that's just a speculation. Disney has confirmed nothing about that yet, especially considering they've already delayed the opening once and we've had more bad weather, like I mentioned. So maybe we see more delays, but we'll keep you updated on that on this podcast and on the YouTube channel, um, as we find out more information. But that wrapped up our 5571 news segment. And I want to get now into our main street topic of the day, which was the return of the magic happens parade. And for a lot of us fans that went to Disneyland during those final weeks of, of the parks operations before the pandemic shut the parks down. um, The magic happens parade really held a special place in all of our hearts because it was the last thing that we experienced um, at Disneyland before the park shut down. Now, If you remember D23 Expo 2019, there really wasn't a lot of announcements for Disneyland at all. In fact, our only announcement during that expo, uh, when they were announcing all the Disney Park stuff, was just the Magic Happens Parade. Uh, They gave us some artwork of some of the floats to expect. They described the parade, the floats, and they even had Jordan Fisher and a bunch of other dancers come out and perform the Magic Happens Parade soundtrack on stage and got really everyone hyped up for this. It was a big investment for Disneyland. They spent millions of dollars on this parade. Um and it was a, a you know a big impressive parade which we hadn't really seen the likes of at Disneyland for quite a while. We had held on to that sensational parade for so many years. Sensational parade I believe debuted in 2011 and this was 2019 that we were hearing the announcement of the Magic Happens Parade. Um, so it was exciting uh it was a we hadn't had a change like this at Disneyland in a while, so a lot of people were really ready for it. They were really hyped for it. plus we had nothing else coming at least announcement wise right They didn't really tell us anything else that was coming the twenty nineteen d twenty three expo was all about Epcot and Epcot's transformation for its upcoming fortieth anniversary to then coincide with the Disney world's fiftieth anniversary all three of which were completely derailed by the COVID-19 pandemic. So um, there were so many announcements at that D23 Expo about Epcot that we just never got. Um, So many amazing things for the Epcot's transformation that were completely cut. But that's a whole other episode and a whole other topic. So we heard all about this parade. The hype was building. We were going to get this parade a year later And the time finally came. Um, They were debuting the parade in February of 2020 to the media. The, you know, the reviews for the parade were amazing. People were really, really in love with this parade. And it was just um, very well liked. It had a very high energy soundtrack. The dancers were doing some amazing choreography. Costumes and floats were just over the top. People were really liking it. So, you know, a lot of people were there on opening day for the public. It was a fully packed Disneyland. Um, if you remember pre-pandemic, uh, there was a ton of people in the parks. They were breaking records all the time. There was already whispers of a pandemic, a global pandemic, that was already making its way to our shores here um, in the United States. We had a bunch of cases going on in Washington on the East Coast and You know, already in Los Angeles. So it was there, it was on our minds, but Magic Happens Parade was really kind of something everyone was looking forward to, and the crowds really showed up. And um, the parade went off. Like I said, everyone loved it, but the parade only had about a two and a half week, maybe three week debut before Disneyland Park and Disneyland Resort in and of itself had to completely shut down due to the pandemic. Um, you know, for social distancing purposes, for all the things to keep everyone safe, the members safe and everything the the park shut down with it, the magic happens parade. And, um, you know, we all thought it was going to be two weeks. They said it was going to be two weeks uh, to all the members, were saying, we'll see you in two weeks and everything. We all know the story, right? Disneyland remained closed for well over a year. And when it reopened, We didn't have parades, we didn't have fireworks, we didn't have anything come back that we used to have at Disneyland. Um, Just a lot of reasons for, you know, due to social distancing needs, uh, due to regulations on how they were allowed to reopen. And then as time went on, it was really just, you know, staffing and kind of hiring back all the people that were no longer working in entertainment and any of these parades. So in reality, there was the, the years went by, right? We got some cavalcades back for parades at Disneyland. We finally got nighttime spectaculars back, including the Main Street Electrical Parade. But we had no word of the Magic Happens Parade or the Paint Night Parade coming back. And out of nowhere, Disneyland announced that we were getting the Disneyland Forever Fireworks Show from the 60th Anniversary retro throwback. And then we were getting the Main Street Electrical Parade, which had gone away more times than anyone can count uh, as its final performance, and then still managed to find its way back um, to Disneyland, which none of us are complaining. But uh, we still didn't know, hey, what's happening to the Magic Happens Parade? What's happening to the Paint the Night Parade? I mean, they spent millions and millions of dollars on the Magic Happens Parade, and it only didn't even have a full month's performance. Um, You know, it doesn't seem like they really got their money back on that investment. So we were all hoping we would hear something about it. But Three full years went by, basically, before we heard anything. Almost three years. And then finally, Disney shared that the Magic Happens Parade will be returning. And it was going to be re-debuting almost three years to the date of when it first originally debuted in 2020. So we saw the Magic Happens Parade finally come back on Sunday, February 26th, even though it was supposed to come back on February 24th, like I mentioned earlier, due to the weather Um, and it's going to be showing daily for you know as long as we can you know predict through the year Uh, we have the only thing that's going to be kind of probably moving it out of the way is going to be the christmas fantasy parade which is going to be in november and through the new year so we'll probably or you know as a speculation could have it all the way up through halloween time if they wanted to do that um, it is a possibility, um, if, unless they have other things planned, other, you know, maybe cavalcades, maybe they want to do a Halloween party this time at Disneyland. We don't know. So we'll have to wait and see as we get closer. But we know at least it'll go through summer, right? We know that much. So if you haven't seen it yet, there's definitely opportunity and time to see the Magic Happens Parade. Typically, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you're going to have two showings per day. You're going to have a 3.30 showing and a 6.30 showing. But definitely check the Disneyland app because this could always change. Um, But that's currently what it is now. And this parade takes on a whole new life, whether you're watching it in the daylight or in the nighttime. The parade floats definitely transform and can have a glow and there's special lights on them. In the instance of the Moana float, a lot of that float is some really high def screens that kind of give the illusion that you're looking into a wave and underwater. And so this really comes to life at nighttime because you can really vibrantly see all those colors and all of that stuff in the wave, uh, on the float at nighttime, more so than you can during the day. So the the cocoa float, the frozen float, everything really kind of transforms at night. But at the same time, a lot of the floats have color and detail that you just don't see at nighttime that you see during the day. So there's benefits to watching both showings. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the 3.30 uh, showing or the first showing, whatever time that's going to be, is typically starting off at It's a Small World. And then heading down the main parade corridor to Main Street. And then the second parade showing is going to be starting at 630 or around that time. And heading from Main Street down the parade corridor to It's a Small World. So you guys can plan accordingly that way. Typically, people are going to want to stand first at where the location of the parade is going to begin. So if you're at the first showing, typically that, uh, that small world area is going to fill up first. Because people want to watch it and then head on out. And then the same goes for Main Street the second half because people will then kind of hang around and watch the fireworks maybe thereafter. So it can definitely help you plan better when you think about it that way. And if you're not a parade person and you don't want to watch any of this and you just want to experience all the shorter wait times on the rides, take advantage of that too. Remember these parade times because these are going to be some great times to head onto the attractions and get those minimal waits. Not only for your Lightning Lane return times that are around this time, but also for your regular standby queue. So this is a very good time to do all that kind of stuff. But keep in mind, there's still other things in play. We have the fireworks or projection nights. Um, That's going to kind of extend all of your um, closures on Main Street and things like that. And even on projection only nights for Wondrous Journeys, they are going to still have the Blue Fairy and Baymax flying over the castle. So they still have those other closures like the monorail that come into play. So if you're going to be skipping the parade and doing other things, there's other shows that can still affect attractions and things that are open. Um, Especially if there's nights on fireworks, of course, all of Fantasyland behind the castle closes. Um, So lots of entertainment at Disneyland, but with that, not only shorter lines, but some closures for attractions too. So Overall though, I love the Magic Happens Parade. Like I mentioned, this is the first big change to a Disney, like full Disney parade that we've had obviously since the park reopened, but since before that was sensational, like I mentioned 2011, so it's been quite a long time. Sensational Parade did have um like an upgrade to it mid-year, mid or mid cycle, I guess you could say. They added some floats from Tokyo Disney to the parade as well. But it was nice to have a brand new original parade. And for those that didn't get to see it in those first few weeks, it's great that you have the opportunity to see it now on a daily basis, even if you're not coming on a weekend. So it's nice to be able to do that during the week as well. So plan your trip around this if this is a high priority for you, including not only just waiting for the parade, but keep in mind there are also some options to get some viewing areas for the parade, like a dining package, over at the Plaza Inn. And you can definitely search for that on the design app and then check available times for when you plan on going. I was scheduled to do this on opening weekend, but the rain canceled everything. So we didn't end up doing it. I'd love to do this dining package for the parade viewing and review it for you guys and talk about if I think it's worth it. I know I discussed the dining package or the dessert package rather for World of Color 1. I definitely thought it was worth it on the pricier side, but definitely something to do once in a while. Um, now the dining package for the magic happens parade is a little more reasonable. It's like the 30, $40 range, and it does include your dinner as well as a spot to watch the parade where you don't have to wait for in advance. So a lot of people really like the idea of that. So if that sounds enticing to you, that might be your option. And if you're already going to be planning to eat dinner, you might as well, because you can't go wrong with any of the options available at Plaza Inn. So this is a good choice for you if you want to go that route, I'm imagining it's going to fill up pretty quickly, especially since the parade is in high demand. Um, Now, as far as the questions I might get, of course, where should I watch it, which show is best? Honestly, there's benefits to either time, like I mentioned. There's some really cool glowing options on the parade at nighttime, but there's some really great detail and things you don't see at night that you see during the day. Now, as the warmer months start to come, obviously the, the later parade time is going to be a little bit easier to watch since you're not going to be waiting in the hot sun at 3 p.m., right? <laughs> but the most crowded spots to watch the parade, since it's another thing, it's like people were like, where do we watch this parade? Where Where's the best spot to watch it? Typically, it's going to be easiest to get a spot closer to It's a Small World, just because there's so much more open space there. Um, now, there's a lot of space on Main Street, but there's not that much actual space to stand because you only have that little bit of sidewalk before they have to kind of make those dedicated walkways behind you. So, Main Street is typically the first place to fill up um, just for people wanting to be kind of on that long corridor. And then over by it's a small world, um, you have some different tiered viewing areas, some higher. So maybe if you have younger kids, it's better to go over. It. It's a small world because they might be able to be right up against the railing and above all the people below to still be able to see the floats. So there's a lot of great options for the shorter kids or shorter people over it's a small world I would say whereas Main Street is kind of like a level playing field you're watching it right on a street um, but the real big benefit to watching it on Main Street especially if you're watching it closer to the Emporium or somewhere in Town Square is that the parade wraps around the entire Town Square it's going to go from the Emporium over to City Hall past the train station and then out the back over by the, the Lincoln attraction so Um, if you're in that area you have kind of an extended time to experience the parade you see kind of all the floats all around you it's a nice place to watch it but that is why it does fill up quickly so overall i think that's probably gonna be all the questions people are gonna have about the parade obviously if i think it's worth it if it's great of course it's great it's not the longest parade we've ever had but it's got high energy it's um has impressive floats Um, there's amazing dancing and choreography in the parade. Um, There have been much longer parades and probably much better parades uh, when it comes to like overall size and everything. But this is an excellent addition and really just ups the ante for the amount of entertainment available at Disneyland and also really bringing you value, right? Because Guests today experiencing the parade were paying the same amount that guests two weeks ago were not experiencing the parade. So this is just more entertainment, more value that Disney's bringing back to the costs of the ticket that you're paying for to go into the parks or for your magic key to go in the parks as well. But that wraps up this episode of the 5571 News segment and Main Street Topic. I hope you guys were able to take something away from this podcast episode, not only with the news, but... Maybe something about magic happens. And if you like this episode and want to hear more, we're going to keep having these episodes, of course. So make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you're listening on. You can just hit the subscribe button. And a lot of times... On Spotify or Apple Podcasts, too, there's a way to be notified when there's new episodes. And thanks for all of you guys that are loyal listeners that were wondering where the podcast episode was on Monday. Thanks for sticking with me. I was at Magic Happens Parade on Sunday, and we were there kind of late, and I just didn't have time to finish editing the parts that I had as well as recording my thoughts on the parade and things like that afterward and really getting it out on Monday without completely not sleeping and I still had to go to work the next day. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had enough time to really kind of get all my thoughts out, make a full episode for you guys and get it edited. So I appreciate the patience and I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like, you can reach out to me on social media. You can follow me at Just Ask Danny on almost every platform, including my YouTube channel. So make your, make sure you're subscribed there as well too, as I'm going to have some upcoming video updates about Disneyland Resort and some news as well as some Magic Happens clips from my day on the opening day event that we went to for Magic Happens Parade as well. But Thanks again for listening to this episode and we'll see you real soon on the next one.